Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Now we turn to the reading of the Hazard Herald for news of Hazard in Perry County. I'm Lee Townsend. We begin with the online edition dated May 26, 2022. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Rehearsals held for upcoming Summer in the Park, Community Support Encouraged by Katie Kelly. Over the past few weeks, rehearsals for the annual Summer in the Park production have been held at the Bobby Davis Park. This year, SIP officials said they're remembering the history of the event and why it was created. Bobby Duff, director of photography for Summer in the Park, said that Summer in the Park was created by Terry Thies, Kelly Sizemore, and Greg Clay in 2006. Clay died in 2011, and the stage was named after him, said Duff. In a way, we're doing a tribute to him this year, said Duff, explaining that the cast Photos are being done by Clay's memorial sign in the park's stage area. Although this is SIP's 17th year in the community, Duff said, this is his fourth year with Summer in the Park, and he's thankful for it because it's being used as a way to give back to the community and give local children something to do. He said Duff acts as the director for the performances each year and wanted local children to have an opportunity to enjoy and engage in the arts in the community. She sees the lack of arts in schools, said Duff. Her and the others wanted something to do for the kids. I get excited every year for it. It's the highlight of my summer, Duff said. Summer in the Park accepts children ages five years and up and will occasionally accept adult cast members. However, the event is mostly for children and child actors to have educational opportunities. The parents volunteer and help a lot as well, said Duff, stating that they often do much of the backstage work and help with rehearsals. During the Summer in the Park Festival, local art vendors will set up selling their locally made arts and crafts. Summer in the Park organizers are still accepting vendors until June 11th. If anyone is interested in being a vendor, contact Terry Thies through Facebook. Summer in the Park said Duff gets funding from donations, so organizers appreciate the support from local businesses and community members. If anyone is interested in donating, reach out to Thies or Victoria Holcomb on Facebook. This year, the production will be Beauty and the Beast. This is the second time doing this show, but it will be different, said Duff. The festival will begin at 2 p.m. June 18th, and the play will begin at 7 p.m. Click it or ticket campaign kicks off in Perry County. The Perry County Highway Safety Team hosted a click it or ticket campaign kickoff press conference at the Kentucky State Police Post 13 in Hazard on May 23rd. The annual campaign is part of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's high visibility enforcement effort that runs May 23rd through June 6th. The Perry County Highway Safety Team is comprised of the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet's Office of Highway Safety and Department of Highways District 10 Office, 
Kentucky State Police Post 13, Cumberland Valley Area Development District, Kentucky River District Health Department, Hazard ARH Regional Medical Center, Hazard Police Department, and the Perry County Sheriff's Office. Perry County Law Enforcement recently participated in the KOHS Click It or Ticket Local Heroes Initiative, utilizing actual officers, deputies, and troopers in localized public service announcements in counties with low seatbelt usage rates. The county-specific PSAs will air during the Ticket or Click It campaign on television, radio, and digital online streaming services. Following the press conference, a child safety seat check was held at the Hazard Walmart parking lot. During this event, certified child safety seat installers were on hand to inspect safety seats and to ensure they're properly installed in vehicles. Officials said the conference was held because Perry County ranks first in the percentage of unrestrained roadway deaths in Kentucky. According to the Kentucky Highway Safety, there have been 51 total motor vehicle traffic deaths over the past five years. Of those, 77 percent, 39, were unrestrained. According to the National Traffic Highway Safety Administration, motorists are 75 percent less likely to be killed in a rollover crash if buckled up. Also, according to NHTSA, when worn correctly, seatbelts are proven to reduce the risk of fatal injury to front seat occupants by 45% and 60% in pickups, SUVs, and minivans. Local law enforcement agencies are continuing to encourage and promote safe driving throughout the campaign. Page 2, Spring Piano Showcase Held in Hazard by Katie Kelly. On Friday, May 20th, community members gathered to support the arts and enjoy the annual Spring Piano Showcase. Under the direction of Kay Crow, a piano instructor at the Appalachian Arts Alliance, several local students performed songs of their choice. Crow, who had a 30-year career as a music educator for the Perry County School System, where she taught choir, band, and general music education, said she feels that the event went really well and said having opportunities like this helps the students tremendously. The recital went great. It's one of the best ones they've had. The students, some just started with me, some have been taking classes for a while, but they were so good and for their ages they acted so professionally, said Crow. Allowing the students to select their own music for recitals, she said, helps build confidence and creativity. I let them do that if if it's presentable, said Crow. I feel like when a student gets the basics, they have to like what they play or they will not play. It really boosts their self-esteem. The arts, said Crow, are a vital part of education and should be taught in public schools. Having that education and opportunities like the recital, she says, help make people happier and more well-rounded individuals. I just think music is so important. Any kind of art is important, especially music, because music, I think, can make you feel better. I think it helps with moods. It really builds self-esteem in students, said Crow. I feel like music and the arts need to be taught in public schools. They need to find funding for it. Performances included Miranda Eagle performing yesterday by the Beatles. Landon Shepard performed I Just Can't Wait to Be King from The Lion King. Mia Lawrence performed You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan. Jimmy Clement performed the Star Wars theme. Addison Allen performed Let It Go from Frozen. 
Adam Clement performed Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Kingston Morton performed Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Isabella Little performed the theme to Encanto. Chloe Mosley performed Amazing Grace. Cashlyn Bailey performed You Are My Sunshine. Lucy Clement performed the Titanic theme. Willow Campbell performed the theme to Swan Lake. Ezekiel Holbrook performed Still Dre by Snoop Dogg and Dre. Kylie Bartow performed the Aladdin theme, A Whole New World. Darby Morton performed Spring from the Four Seasons. Emma Napier performed Art. Ivanka Sharma performed Symphony No. 5 by Beethoven. Cameron Eversole performed Clavier Stuck. Instructor Kay Crow performed Gone with the Wind theme by Mike Steiner. Non-participating students included Wilhelmina Campbell, Braden Adams, Tyree Kidd, and Jennifer Robertson. On Wednesday, May 18th, members of the Hazard Rotary Club presented scholarships to four local high school students. Recipients included Dewan Johnson, Cordelia High School, Brooklyn Riley, Buckcorn High School, Hannah Johnson, Hazard High School, and Morgan Dobson, Perry County Central High School. Each student received a $1,000 scholarship to attend Hazard Community and Technical College. Perry County Farmers Market to open regular season in June by Katie Kelly. Soon, Perry County residents will have access to healthy and affordable food options. The regular season of the Perry County Farmers Market is scheduled to open Thursday, June 2nd from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Farmers Market Pavilion next to Triangle Park in downtown Hazard. During the opening event, farmers will have fresh, locally grown produce and will also have a variety of crafts and flowers for sale. On Saturday, June 4th from 8 a.m. to noon, the Farmers Market will have special activities for children through a partnership with Save the Children. Kirsten Webb, market manager, said she feels that Farmers Market will have a lot to offer the community this year. My goal this year is called Growing Community, and that's my whole plan. I want to make sure people see the Farmers Market not as a place where they go to pick out fruits and vegetables, but as a place where a community supports them, said Webb, stating she doesn't want people to see it as a snooty place where rich people shop, but rather wants to address hunger and make people feel welcome. Our market is about supporting our community, said Webb. It's really about building that network and helping people find help that support system in a time when we really need a support system. One of the main ways that the farmer's market is trying to do this, said Webb, is by working with community partners to offer a variety of programs to help people afford healthy foods. What we're mainly trying to highlight in our Kentucky Double Dollars program is the SNAP program allows a recipient to double the amount of their SNAP, said Webb, explaining that through this program, a SNAP recipient can purchase $12 worth of fruits and vegetables on their food stamps and will gain an additional $12 worth of items from the farmer's market, giving them a total of $24 worth of product produce. In addition to the Kentucky Double Dollars program, the Farmer's Market also accepts Senior Citizens Vouchers and WIC Vouchers. It's trying to expand the Backpack program as a fresh stop market and more to offer the people who wish to shop at the market. 
We have those things because it enables people who are on a fixed income and who are on those benefits to be able to access much better food without breaking the bank, said Webb. This, she said, is especially important considering the rising prices for gas, bills, groceries, and more. Now prices are rising in general, and that's going to really be important for a lot of people, said Webb. These programs are going to help people stretch money as much as they can during the summer. By shopping locally, Webb said, people are supporting the community and local economy as well as their own well-being. One of my biggest problems with industrial foods overall, the industrial food system, the global food system, is that it's unstable, said Webb. If you consider the best way to approach that, in my opinion, you focus on building our local network. If you're shopping local, you're putting money in your local economy, you're supporting your own people, and that's also supporting you. The market, she said, will continue to operate and expand programs as they can. They will also have a series of guest chefs over the summer and will be posting videos on social media and their YouTube channel. Regular farmer market days will be from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. every Thursday and from 8 a.m. to noon every Saturday. Pop-up markets will be held throughout the season as well. For more information, visit the Perry County Farmer Market Facebook page. Rogers requests nearly $54 million in community project funding for Eastern Kentucky. U.S. Representative Harold Hal Rogers, Kentucky 5th District, announced in a statement May 20th He's requested nearly $54 million for 15 community projects in southern and eastern Kentucky in fiscal year 2023 to revitalize the region. The earmark requests include medical training, flood control, expanding access to clean water and reliable sewer systems, roadway construction, bolstering substance abuse recovery and prevention efforts, and creating new economic opportunities. It's too early to know if these projects will make it to the finish line, but I'm proud to have these 15 competitive projects in the race for federal funding, and I will be advocating for each one throughout the year as we continue the appropriations process for 2023, said Rogers. Among the things that are being approached, a $1.4 million for Operation Unite to enhance prevention and treatment efforts across Kentucky's Appalachian region, including key partnerships with schools and community coalitions. Two and a half million dollars for Eastern Kentucky Pride Septic System Program to provide grants for new septic systems in households across Kentucky's 5th Congressional District that remain under 55% of the Housing Urban Development Poverty Guideline. $800,000 for continued flood control study in Beattyville, allowing the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to continue investigating solutions to prevent future devastating floods in Beattyville. $3.5 million for the Moorhead State University Medical Training Complex. The funding would replace and upgrade equipment and laboratory space for nursing, imaging science, kinesiology, and pre-physical therapy programs. Maintaining a pipeline of well-trained healthcare workers is essential for Central Appalachia, where healthcare jobs are important for the economic well-being of the region. $3 million for Letcher County Water and Sewer District water system improvements. 
The project would help expand water service to more than 2,000 residents in Letcher County. $3.9 million to construct a new Pikeville Medical Center healthcare vocational complex to provide healthcare training opportunities in eastern Kentucky. $7 million for roadway improvements and rockfall mitigation in Pike County. $8.1 million for reconstruction of US-25 from Kentucky 461 to the I-75 exit 62 in Mount Vernon. $6.3 million for water system improvements in Prestonsburg. $2.5 million to construct a new Buckhorn water treatment plant and install new transmission lines. $3.1 million to improve the sewer system in Martin County. $1.5 million to renovate Jackson County's former jail into a new business incubator in downtown McKee. $2.5 million for the Raven Rock Trails Development Project in Letcher County. $2.2 million for improvement to the water system in Knox County. And $5.5 million for water improvements in the city of Williamsburg. Community project funding requests from across the country will be reviewed by the House and Senate Committee on Appropriations and relative subcommittees, the statement said. There's no guarantee that the projects will be funded. However, as a senior member of the House Appropriations Committee, Congressman Rogers has a strong reputation for shepherding rural Kentucky projects through the complex federal funding process. From the editorial page, Manipulated, Filling in by Russ Cassidy. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. The originator of that saying has been lost to time, but the truth of it stands to this day. Statistics, especially without context, can be used to paint whatever picture you wish. Don't believe me? Let's take a look beyond a recent headline. In recent days, Governor Andy Bashir had received some not-so-great news. Even though the gubernatorial race isn't until next year, evidence of his potential vulnerability is emerging through various means, including the fact that three key constitutional state officers from the opposing party have already lined up to take a swing. Attorney General Daniel Cameron, Auditor Mike Harmon, and Agriculture Commissioner Ryan Quarles have all announced their intent to run against Bashir next year, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are numerous other Republicans hinting at potentially joining the field, including Northern Kentuckian and political newcomer Eric Detters, who has filed his statement of intent. Now, in this political environment, it's not surprising that a lot of people are joining in the attempt to replace Bashir, but the number and timing of the announcement, at least to me, indicates Bashir is vulnerable and these candidates see a good opportunity. So Andy Bashir needed some good news, which he received when the government released its preliminary unemployment numbers for the Commonwealth. And well, I'll just let the press release we received from Bashir's office speak to how good the administration saw this news to be. Quote, Governor Andy Bashir reported today that the Commonwealth has just posted the lowest unemployment rate in state history further proof that the Commonwealth's record-breaking economic development momentum is benefiting all Kentuckians, the press release read. The celebration was over a 3.9% unemployment rate, the lowest rate the state has ever reported since the beginning of this type of reporting nearly 50 years ago. 
Bashir's press release went on to say that the Commonwealth's economy is absolutely on fire and that the administration isn't just talking about building a better Kentucky, but is doing it. All that's news to my ears. I love hearing that Kentucky economy is showing improvement, and for a second I forgot one of those important lessons I've learned over my years in reporting. Unemployment rates are never adequate alone to tell a full story. You see, while politicians love trumpeting unemployment rates when they're low, they don't reflect one important number, what the actual workforce is. When a person is considered to be unemployed but no longer seeking employment, they're no longer considered unemployed. I'm not a statistician nor a mathematician, but I dug down into some available statistics, plugged them into a trusty spreadsheet, and found that while the unemployment rate is indeed down, there are far fewer workers working today, both statewide and in the local area. For example, Kentucky Center for Statistics data shows that in April there were 11,029 fewer people in the Kentucky labor force than there were in January 2020, before the pandemic, and there are 7,149 fewer people employed. Further, the celebrated record unemployment is only 0.1% lower than the 4% rate when Bashir came into office in 2022. But enough of the state numbers. Let's look at the Big Sandy region, Floyd, Johnson, McGoffin, Martin, and Pike counties. While two Big Sandy counties, Floyd and McGoffin, have seen an increase in overall civilian labor force, the region this February had nearly a thousand fewer people in the labor force than it did in 2020, January. Pike County's seen the biggest hit in that statistic with 858 fewer workers this February than in January 2020. The number of people employed has fallen by 601 region-wide. Since Bashir wants to isolate the unemployment rate to celebrate his success, I'll also point out an isolation. It also reveals a failure. Looking at the state's unemployment rate map for March, the last month for which county-level statistics are available, shows an interesting but not entirely surprising fact. The counties east of the Winchester Wall are not sharing in the same sub-5% rate seen in most of their western neighbors. In fact, while the state had a 4.2% unemployment rate, most of the eastern Kentucky counties had rates that are atrocious, such as McGoffin County with a 12.2% rate or Martin County, which had an 8% rate. Statistics can help us better understand our world and needs. It's important that we use statistics to track trends and ongoing factors in our lives. However, we should also take statistics with a grain of salt, especially when politicians try to use them without context to further political aims. Here's a letter to the editor. A deadly problem is growing in our communities. While it lies just under the surface, occasionally it rises up and reminds us it's there. This region is no stranger to the problems of addiction, particularly opioid addiction, and in recent years, methamphetamine addiction. However, the drug fentanyl, while not new, is a continually emerging threat, one about which we need to be aware and one which we need to meet head on because it is claiming lives and will continue to do so. 
Fentanyl, according to U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, is a synthetic opioid 50 times more potent than heroin and 100 times more potent than morphine. It's expensive, widely available, and highly addictive, the DEA recently said in a press release. Drug traffickers are increasingly mixing fentanyl with other illicit substances in powder and pill form to drive addiction and create repeat customers. Many people who are overdosing and dying don't even know they're taking fentanyl. Take some time to let that sink in. 50 times more potent than heroin and 100 times more potent than morphine. Anyone who has lived in this region over the past 20 years can tell you what opiates of a low grade can do to a community. Addiction, crime, death. Used correctly under the direction of a caring and conscientious medical professional, fentanyl is a great tool in the fight against pain. However, the same was true for OxyContin. The illegal diversion and trafficking in the drug, as well as the actions of irresponsible or greedy medical professionals and manufacturers, led to OxyContin becoming a killer. The same is true for fentanyl. Recently, the DEA declared May 10th Fentanyl Awareness Day, an attempt to raise awareness of the impacts of this drug. That's because, as the DEA said in its press release, a dangerous threat to the safety, health, and national security of the American people is presented by fentanyl. We see this drug surface upon occasion in our communities, usually in drug busts, but occasionally in cases where someone is injured or has died due to the drug. Last year, two hazard police officers had to be transported for medical care after coming in contact with the drug at the scene of an overdose. Those officers, officials said, didn't ingest or inhale the drug. They simply came in contact with it. Both recovered, but not everyone does. Recently, in the U.S. District Court in Pikeville, a Pike County man pleaded guilty to being involved in a conspiracy to distribute the drug locally. In a recent press release, an official with the Addiction Recovery Care referred to this as the most dangerous time in drug use history. We all say this because, first and foremost, we want to warn those who are not using drugs or who are not addicted that experimentation in this day and age can lead to death more than ever. However, we also want those who are in the grips of addiction to understand that their lives are even more on the line than they have been in the past. The next hit can be your last. Now is the time to seek treatment. Now is the time to try to turn your life around before fentanyl snuffs it out. Please don't ignore the warnings. Fentanyl is real, it is here, and it kills. Here are the obituaries. Geraldine Brashear, 88, of Viper, died Thursday, May 19th. Don Combs, 74, formerly of Hazard, died Tuesday, May 17th. Bobby Zinn Cornett of Viper died May 22nd. Marjorie Jo Smith, 85, of Hinesville, Georgia, died Saturday, May 21st. Frida Sue Riley Standifer, 67, formerly of Hazard, died Thursday, May 19th. And Barbara Sumner, 53, of Busy, died Wednesday, May 18th. This concludes the reading of the Hazard Herald. Please stay tuned for continued programming. Thank you for joining me. On behalf of everyone here at Radio I, 
This is Lee Townsend wishing you a good day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.